So in the previous few weeks, we've been going through, starting with the Mool Mantar and the first few verses of the Japji Sahib. The previous verse we ended with asked some fundamental questions around if we understand the concept of this oneness, what can we do to feel this oneness? So we talked about What offering can I make that I can see this divine sitting in its divine court? It used the analogy of almost a king sitting on its throne. And the question is, well, well, what do I do to actually interact with this? How do I see it? How do I feel it? What can I offer? What words can I say that by listening to it, it may direct its love towards me? And the answer was to contemplate Naam and Du Vichar, Amrit Vela Sachinao Vadiai Vichar. That prioritize this in your life. Make this your priority. When you wake up in the morning, that's the first thing you should think about. Only then can you start training your mind to stop prioritizing yourself and prioritize this greater thing by singing Naam, by Vadiai Vichar, doing contemplation on its greatness. And Guruji doesn't just stop there and say, that's all you have to do. Guru also goes on to say that actually karmi ave kapna nadri mokdwar. You need to have some grace as well, some kirpa that you can do all the effort you want, but there's an, a big element of getting grace and being very fortunate to even have this experience. And then you will receive mokdwar, an indication of where to go for mukti, for liberation. And so we begin the next verse by f- taking that concept a little bit further. The, the instruction is Amrit Vela Sachinao Vadiai Vichar. Do Vichar, think about this thing. Spend some time trying to understand what, what it is that we're talking about. So this now starts talking a little bit more about the divine. And how do we connect to it? So it's still trying to answer that question. So the beginning of the next verse of the fifth body, Thapya na jai, Gita na hoi. Thapya na jai. So the word Thap means to construct something, to make something stand to install something, to establish something. So Guruji starts by saying, Thapya na jai, that what we're talking about can never be created, has never been created. So Thapya na jai cannot be created. So it's straight away addressing what we're talking about is something beyond form. Remember the tradition of the time is that anyone can create a murti, put it on a pedestal and say, here you go, God is here, now start worshipping this God. Guru Nanak Dev Ji 
brings a new idea to the world, a new way of looking and says that actually if it's been created by man, then how can it be the, the ultimate divine? Surely what we're talking about is something greater, something bigger, something that is beyond the construction of man. Yeah? It even talks about, for example, when you're constructing this, this model, this murti, then you're covering it in dirt, you might be putting your feet on it, you might be doing, because it's just a stone at that point. If it said, if God is in that stone, then look how much disrespect you're giving it. When you're creating it, you're covering it in dirt, you're putting your dirty hands and feet and things on there. If that's really a God, then look how you're dis disrespecting it. So, Sikhi has brought a new idea that says anything that can be constructed and anything that can be destroyed is not the ultimate truth, is not the thing that's worthy of worship. So here Guruji is reiterating that point. It cannot be established. It cannot be made. Another way to look at is that the na in the middle of the word can apply to both thap and jai. So thapya na it cannot be created or tapya najai, not created and will not go. So what we're talking about is something that can never be created and will never go. Tapya na najai. So there's a word in the middle na that applies to not created and will not go. So there's another way to look at that. It cannot be established. Kita na hoy. It cannot be made. It cannot be created. That which has created you, you cannot create something of that, yeah? That which has created you, it itself has not been created. And this is reiterating the concept that we've seen before in the Mool Mantar, Ajuni. Yeah, we've covered this concept before. Now, always when we look at Gurbani, I like to look at two ways of looking at it. One is talking about the bigger picture, the divine. The other is talking about the divine within you. That within you, whatever your spiritual journey is, you have to know that you're not creating something new within you. That which you're looking for, which is already within you, is not something that you have to grow within you. It's not something that's a small seed that has to grow bigger. It's not something to be created in you. It's already there. And we we talked about this concept when we talked about sepam. That's something that is not reliant on anything. It's already there. And Guruji reiterates this point here. Ape ap miranjan soy. It's already there. So this is something that is rarely talked about when we talk about a spiritual journey. We always talk about you have to find this God. But Guru Nanak Dev is giving a very different definition, saying this is this divine, whatever you want to call it, it's already there. You don't have to go far to look for it. It's already present and it's already fully alive. It doesn't have to be grown in any way. Jai, Kita Na Hoe, Ape Aap Niranjan Soe. 
अंजन मीन्स माया अंजन मीन्स माया मटीरियल निर अंजन मीन्स बियॉन्ड माया बियॉन्ड द मटीरियल सो नाउ गुरु जी इज नॉट ओनली सेंग इट्स देर विद इन यू इज गिविंग यू अ क्लू एस टू हाउ टू फाइंड इट विच पार्ट ऑफ यू आर वी टॉकिंग अबाउट द पार्ट ऑफ यू दैट स्लाइटली बियॉन्ड द मटीरियल पार्ट ऑफ यू Look what do we know about ourselves everything that we know about ourselves can be put to two things we either identify with our mind and our thoughts and our emotions or our body that's all we know about ourselves yeah we know that we are man woman husband wife mother father yeah we know this about ourselves these are our material body attachments that we understand about ourselves or we understand what we think about the voice inside our head we only relate to one of these two things but these have been created these are tapya these have been created maharaj is saying look for that thing that's behind that the one that's not been created now what's the thing that's not been created but has always been there your thoughts haven't always been there your body hasn't always been the same thing your body's changing all the time your opinions haven't always been there your understanding of yourself has evolved but what's the one thing that's always been with you it's the very aliveness that's in you yeah let's go back to the analogy that we had about the fortress yeah that's the body thoughts and opinions are all part of that fortress but the light that's always been there it's always on So what we're talking about is with you right now nobody can deny you're alive right you're all here yeah not sure there's an aliveness in you the breath is a part of the body because it's lungs it's nose it's mouth it's air but there is another part of breath breath is very close you're getting very close to it breath in the old sanskrit is broken down into a word that is a little bit more than breath what we call pran pran is normally described as breath but actually pran means life force life energy and in you right now and this is what we to try and do when we get into our meditation is when you're sitting down try and find that which is alive just be alive and notice that you're alive and within that aliveness maharaj is saying that's where you need to look that aliveness isn't yours that aliveness is everywhere and when your body was created the aliveness was just infused into it that aliveness isn't yours and when you die think about what dies the body dies everything that you know about yourself dies but aliveness is simply left the body yeah aliveness has left the body that's how you distinguish someone who is alive and someone who isn't yeah what is it that makes that differs from us and a corpse is just the aliveness yeah uh, apart from that the corpse still has arms and legs and has all the organs yeah but the lights are gone off right that light is what we're talking about that is the niranjan part of you ape aap it's already there but it's that beyond the maya part of you maya being the 
physical, maya being mind, body. We've covered this idea before. We've covered this idea before about this soul, right? The soul, the problem, and notice I haven't said the word soul, yeah? Because we say mind, we, what, yeah, there's a reason, right? What are we talking about? When we say, in common language, we say, what are you made up of? Mind, body, and soul, right? What The problem I have with this word soul is it becomes a personal soul. So if you think that I have a soul, what you really mean is my soul is different to your soul. I have a soul and it's mine. Yeah? But Barney just completely destroys this concept. Because if it's something that's yours, where did it come from? What we talk about, we talk about Atma. Atma is different to soul. Atma isn't assigned to you. It's assigned to Paramatma. It is something borrowed from the greater soul. So imagine that there is only one soul, that there's one great soul. Yeah, there's one great soul and within you we all have just kind of sparks of that soul. And a simple way to understand it is imagine the sun and the rays of sunlight. Can you distinguish between the two? You can't. You can't say that ray of sunlight is uniquely different to that ray of sunlight. It's just sunlight just shining in every direction. Now, what we talk about is, we've covered this concept before, is that imagine a greenhouse. Imagine yourself as a greenhouse. Sunlight is pouring into the greenhouse and the greenhouse says, this is my light. Well, it isn't your light. And that's the problem I have with this word soul. It's not your light. It is it is the divine light. That's why we use the word Atma, which is completely different to soul. Soul is a very Western concept where we've kind of encapsulated it in ourselves and we say my soul. Yeah? We are made of spirit. We are made of Atma. But it's not our Atma. It belongs to the divine Atma. So Atma is almost individualized, if you can say that. But it belongs to Param Atma, the great Atma, the one great soul. Yeah? So we're not, we, don't, we don't kind of own our soul. Yeah? But this is what Barney is talking about, is that light within you that belongs to the divine light. Sabme jyot, jyot hai soi. Everyone has the, the light, but the light isn't yours, it's the divine light. This de chanan, sabme chanan hoi. And his light or the divine light is shining in everyone. So there's only one soul, there's only one light. Yeah? So even in the fortress and the light bulb analogy, the light bulb is a bit of a, a red herring. Yeah? It's not a, an individual light bulb, it's the divine light that's in everyone. Ape ap nir anjan soi. Anjan meaning maya. Now there's another definition of anjan which is desire. Again, our body has requirements. It has desires. In order for the body to sustain itself, it needs food, air, water. We all know that the mind has desires. Even though it doesn't need it, the mind constantly has desires. But niranjan is that desireless part of you. Find the part of you that's completely still, stable. The part of you that's just alive but doesn't actually want anything. That's another meaning of niranjan. Anjan meaning desire, niranjan being beyond desire.
It is there right now. And this is the most important concept that you have to understand. This God thing that you're looking for is there right now, inside you. It is you. The very thing that makes you alive right now is Him. But it's never been created in you. You can't do anything. You just have to know it's there. Up, up, it's already there. But it's that part of you that you don't quite have access to you. It's slightly intangible. But it's there. You just simply have to step a little bit beyond the body, a little bit behind the mind, and you just see, hang on, I'm alive. My aliveness alone is it. So the body is perishable. Let's go back to this analogy of this murti, yeah? Maharaj is saying that it can't be in, in a murti because the murti has been created and can be destroyed. In the same way your body has been created and destroyed, your mind has been created and destroyed. It's the bit behind that. But it is ape ap. It is the body as well. It is the mind as well. It is the ego as well. Because there is nothing that is outside of it. Yeah? Nothing is outside of it. Nothing happens. Nothing is being controlled outside of its system. Nothing is outside of it. That means your body, in reality, it's not your body. Where did you, where did you go to buy this body? What did you do to create this body? Or was it something that was given to you? So think about how ludicrous our ego is, right? Our life isn't ours, and it's been infused into a body that isn't ours. And when you go, life separates from body. Where's you? There's no you, right? Body remains here on earth. Life just goes back into life. Where do you go? Which, is, which bit is you? Maybe you say, oh, it's my thoughts, it's my mind. But even that is restricted to the body. Even that requires an organ, which is the brain. Switch the brain off, the mind goes off. So Guruji here again, time and time again, is saying, look, let's just re-address this idea that you exist. Let's just look at this from an objective point of view. Your body is not yours. Your mind is not really yours. It's dependent on the body. And your life energy is not yours. So focus on that. Yeah, Don't focus on these temporary things. Soe is that thing that is there, already there. Jin sevya tin payaman. Those whoever have served this thing, they obtain man, honor. Jin Sevia, whoever has served, has obtained some kind of recognition, some kind of respect, greatness, honor. New concepts being introduced here. This is the first time the word Seva is introduced into our vocabulary. So the definition of Seva is somebody who serves this oneness. Somebody who goes looking for this oneness is doing Seva. 
and that is the only definition of seva in Guru Granth Sahib Ji. Typically, what do we think about seva? Something external, something you do with your body. Yeah, you have to go serve other people. Yeah, you have to go, and it has to be all holy seva that you do in the in the Gurdwara, cleaning shoes, cleaning dishes. Yeah. Giving to the poor, charity. We confuse the concept of seva with charity. This is not what seva means at all. Seva is one who has gone and found this thing within them. You are serving that which is within you. Those who have prioritized the non-physical part of themselves, those who have prioritized that, They've found the greatest honor. Kings come and go. But the ones who are most revered, even now, who are the most famous people in history? Christ, Buddha, yeah? Krishna, Ram, Guru Nanak, Muhammad. All of these people are arguably the most remembered, the most respected people. Yeah, Kings have come and gone. There have been kings with great wealth and great armies and great kingdoms. Gurbani even talks about this when it talks about Ravan, such a great king. Sarab soen ki lanka hoti, Ravan se adkai. That he had a whole kingdom of Sri Lanka covered in gold. Who could be as great as him? Where are all those horses and chariots and elephants that you had tied up? In a moment, they belong to someone else. So kings have come and gone. They, the ultimate celebrities, the ultimate rich, the super elite, they come and go. But the ones who humanity has the most respect for are the ones who have served this divine light. Yeah? Jin sevya tin man. And this honor isn't restricted to any one religion. Guru Granth Sahib Ji is a perfect example of honoring people of many traditions. Yeah? And it's unique in that way. And it's reiterating this point that religion is, is irrelevant here. Because the truth that is within you, is within everybody else. Those who have gone on a true search to find this, to live it, they are the ones who have followed the path and they deserve that divine honor. And truth be told, that's actually what we're all looking for. Everyone wants to be remembered for, for some greatness. Everyone wants to leave a legacy behind, to be remembered, to having achieved something put your mark on this earth, even if it is to just have a family. What you're really doing is you want somebody to carry on your legacy. Yeah, I want people to remember my values. I want to pass my values, my traditions, my belief systems down. And really what you're doing is you're trying to carry your ego on even longer. So even when my body goes, my name will still be remembered. Yeah? It's just trying to carry on your personal ego. So we all want honor in life. Guruji is saying this is the way to obtain the ultimate honor. 
the ones who have served this jin sevia tin payaman we all want honor but how do we do it we do it in maya we do it by trying to have some greatness achieved in the world itself whether it be material success whether you be known for some great wisdom some become some great scientist like einstein or something like that you're known for having left a a great way of thinking in the world but it's still within the world but what we're talking about is the niranjan world the world beyond maya behind maya so really what we're doing is we're serving maya all day we're serving our body we're serving our mind and the physical world we are serving maya all day maya means the materialistic world the world that we attach ourselves to that's what we're doing that's our seva every day gurbani is talking about doing seva of the niranjan part of you the one beyond maya itself so the logical question is well how do you how do you do seva of this thing it's it's intangible it's it's nirgun it's it's something beyond our reach so the question is how do we do it the answer is below nanak gaviye guni nitan this is the first time guru nanak dev ji starts now after four verses starts now giving you an instruction yeah this is what you need to do he's already told you when you need to do it amrit vela wake up first do this now this is now explaining what do you need to do amrit vela sacha now vadiyai vichar how do you do that do you just get up and start saying a word do you get up and start thinking vadiyai vichar how do we actually do this so guru nanak dev ji is continuing on with the answer of that question and notice nanak word is being placed in the middle of a shabad it's not the end of the shabad so far we've been seeing the word nanak at the end of a shabad here guru nanak dev ji and quite rare to put the word nanak in the middle of a shabad he is really making a point here really emphasizing this 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 is the beginning of a very important line that he's he's trying to convey to your message nanak gavya nanak says sing the praises of this treasure of virtues nanak gavya gavya sing guni means virtues nidhan treasure sing the praises of this treasure chest this untold amount of treasure which is within you this niranjan part of you yeah sing its praises and the instruction here is gaviya this is the only real seva yeah guru nanak dev ji is giving us the instruction how do we do it so we'll ask another question to guru nanak dev ji well why do we need to sing surely there are other ways to serve why sing again we covered this concept a little bit in the third body yeah which is all about gaviya and there guru nanak dev ji is almost implying that singing is a completely different way of living that what we do is we're spending all of our time lost in the mind you wake up in the morning the first thing you do you start thinking about all the things that you have to do in the world yeah if you prioritize something higher than yourself if you're singing its praises it's a different way to live 
It's a way of training the mind to live differently. And even we know within ourselves that a song or a rhyme is much easier for your mind to repeat and to remember. Yeah, we've all had an annoying song stuck in our head. Yeah, for days. Somebody else just has to sing one line and then it's stuck in our head for the rest of the day. And then you have a go at that person. <laughs> you got that song stuck in my head. Notice how clever the gurus have been in using that against your mind. That even the gurus have known how your mind works. If I was to read a verse to you with 10 or 15 lines, you might forget it straight away. The same verse, if I just sing it to you once, you will remember a lot more. So Guru Nanak Dev Ji and the Gurus understood the psychology of music and the effect of music on the mind. So Guruji is using music as a tool, said, this, your, this is going to help you. This is how your mind works anyway, so I'm going to use this as a tool. And in this day and age, the Gurujis even say that in this day, the way humanity works now, song is the way that, that is the most effective. Kaljugme Kirtan Pardana. That in this dark age, music, singing praises, is the, the highest form of praise. So in earlier forms, and we talked about the previous jugs, maybe meditation and deep meditation was the way to do it. Guru Nanak says, who's got time for that now? It's a bit difficult. Yeah, just sing. Make every moment of your life part of this song. So actually what we're doing when we start our day, not only are we serving Maya, but we're singing the praises of Maya, really. When we go to work, it's like Maya. What's the ultimate Maya that we're trying to earn? Money. Money, money, money. You remember the song? Yeah, we're singing the praises of money. Yes, Abba. Can't go wrong. You can't go, you can't go too far without thinking about money, without thinking about looking after your children, looking after your house, paying the bills. My boiler's broken, my this is that. It's almost as if that's the Nam Simran going on in your mind all the time. You wake up in the morning, remember this, you're doing Simran all day. You're doing Simran all day. What you're doing Simran of is what you have to question. Yeah? The best Simran, we covered this concept in Nirvair. When you hate someone, boy, do you do their Simran. <laughs> All day, every day, you're thinking about the person. You don't think about the people that you like so much. But if you don't like someone, you're actually meditating on them all day, every day. Then he did this. And everyone that comes, do you know what that person did to me? And you tell the whole story again. Right? Think about it. You're meditating on the person that you dislike. So Guru Nanak Dev Ji knows that this is how the mind works. So he's giving you a tool, use music, use song. And now it starts becoming very clear, the whole of Guru Granth Sahib is assigned to music. Why? Otherwise it could be very easy not to do that. In fact, Guru Granth Sahib Ji is organized in music, in rags. So the psychology of how music works and impacts us goes very deep. In fact, as Sikhs, we've, we're starting to forget this. We don't even know the deep psychology that the Guru are using, but only to help us. No other 
grants have been written and organized in music before. Think about all the different ways that Guru Granth Sahib Ji could have been organized. There are lots of different authors. It could have just been done, here's all of Guru Nanak's Bani, Guru Angad Dev Ji's Bani, Guru Amrita, and it could have just been done in order of people. Then on to the Pagats and so on and so forth. It could have been done chronologically because there are Pagats who have written in Gurbani who were before Guru Nanak Dev Ji's time. So it could be said, here are all the Shabbats from the 1300s, the 1400s, the 1500s. But the Gurus chose to do it by music. They could have even done it by subject. Here are all the Shabbats about anger. Here are all the Shabbats about praise. Here are all the Shabbats about other subjects. Sadness, happiness. The Gurus have chosen music. We have to understand music is a very big part of this system. If you want to be a Sikh, Gavya is a, an important instruction that you have to learn. That music and singing... Now don't worry if you can't sing. That's not the point. Yeah? That's not the point. It's not about performance. It's about being able to open your heart and be able to sing. And how do you feel when you sing? Changes your emotions. Changes how you feel. You can feel down. Some music comes on. It just completely changes how you feel. Imagine being able to switch that on and off within yourself. Gurbani's given us those tools. Yeah? If you're feeling down, you sing a happy song, yeah, about the birds and the sun shining and all that kind of stuff, you'll notice very quickly that sadness just drops and you start smiling. Now imagine Guru's giving you a system that says actually you can switch this on and off because at the moment we're a slave to our emotions. Our emotions are running running wild within us. Guru is saying, for every emotion, I can give you a different song, a different rag, a different mood that takes you out of that. Gavya is a very important instruction. So you wake up in the morning, try singing a little bit. See how that changes your meditation. Yeah? We tried a meditation a couple of weeks ago, which was on the Gavya Shabbat, was with playing with music. And lots of people said, actually, it was significantly different. Yeah? Try listening to music and just sing along. Yeah? Not everyone has to be able to sing in tune. It doesn't matter. Yeah? This is not about sur. It's not about being able to sing in tune. It's about being able to lose yourself into the music. But we're not just talking about any music, feel-good music, yeah? We're talking about the highest form of music, the praise of the divine. Gavye sunye manarakhiye pao. Guruji goes on to explain this concept. So let every part of your life become part of this song. When you eat, when you walk, when you breathe, what you want to do is you want to see all of this as the treasures of the divine. Gavya Guni Nidhan. Nanak says, not just sing, sing about its praises, sing about its treasures. Every breath is a treasure. What is more valuable to you than your breath? What is more valuable to you right now than your breath? Without your breath, you have nothing. All the treasures, all the material treasures will mean nothing. So every breath, you say, wow, that's a nice treasure, thank you. Oh, there's another one. 
and another one, and it's going on all day. Yeah, denta de. He keeps giving. Yeah. These are the treasures that you need to be aware of at every moment. Every bite of food. Wow. Doesn't matter what the food is. It's food. It keeps. What a magic thing! It keeps the body alive. Then you can hear sounds. Yeah. The breeze, the birds, laughter, sadness, crying, this all beautiful sounds. So all around you is the treasure. You don't have to go far to look for it. You just have to change the way you think. The way you look at things has to change. That's what the whole of Sikhi is about. If you understand what the system is, then you won't focus on yourself. You won't think about yourself all the time because you understand what you're looking at. Right now, there's treasure all around us. Treat everything as divine. Treat everything as sacred. Now, here's the hard one. Treat everyone as sacred. Treat everyone as divine. Why? Because you can see the jyot behind them. Doesn't matter what they're doing. It doesn't matter if they're the worst person in the world. It doesn't matter if they're the most abusive, horrible person in the world. There's something behind them. Yes, there's a big ego in front of them. Fine. But you don't have to battle your ego with their ego. Yeah? You just see the one that's behind. But notice that what meditation we're talking about is a moment-by-moment -moment meditation as opposed to something that you have to just do sitting in a quiet, dark room. It's like a constant awareness. It's a constant awareness, yeah? Mindfulness, present moment awareness. Right now, am I lost in the, in the ego? Is my ego battling his ego? Am I doing his meditation? I don't like him. I, you know, last year he said this to me and I still haven't forgiven him. That kind of stuff. Or, yeah? Yeah? Not easy to do. But at least we need to know which direction to look. Most of the time we're sitting there, you know, with our sharni and our kirtan and our band baja. But we ha don't even know where to look. Bani tells us where to look. Bani tells us how to see the world, how to in engage with the world. But we're looking in the opposite direction, just bowing down a hundred times and thinking something's going to happen. But Guruji is giving you the instruction here. Notice how your ego won't want you to do that. Your ego is the one that's going to say, yeah, but surely there's some exceptions to the rule. Surely there's some people that we are allowed to hate. No. Nirpao nirver. If the divine has no hatred, then that divine within you has no hatred. The only thing that has hatred is your ego. So... The fact that we're aware of these things is a big thing. Yeah? Just being aware that this is the right way to think, this is the, the ego's way of thinking. And start getting comfortable with this terminology. That it's not that I don't like you, it's my ego doesn't like your ego. What you do with that is you start identifying that the ego isn't yours. If you say I, you're basically saying I am the ego. When you say the ego is in trouble right now, you just detach yourself from the ego. When you're med meditating, you know that this, this is a separate thing from you. 
There is the divine you and there is the Homme you. This is, we spend most of our time here, yeah, that we switch the, the, the helmet of the ego on, put that on, and that's the one that we walk around with. And that ego wants everyone to honor it. Like, you praise me, I don't want to praise you. The ego doesn't want to praise anyone, it wants praise back. Guruji is flipping this on its head. You praise everyone else, everything else. You have to put yourself at the lowest. Yeah? Look at how gurus have described the Brahmgyanis. The Brahmgyanis see themselves as the lowest of the low. Imagine Guru Nanak saying that I am the slave of the slave of the slave of the Brahmgyani. I am the dust of the feet of those people. This is the higher you are, the lower you are. Yeah? The Guru is bowing down to the sick. Guru Arjan Dev Ji doing seva, cleaning the shoes of the Sangat as they're coming in to see the Guru. They don't know what the Guru looks like. He says, yeah, go inside. The Guru will be with you shortly. But the Guru is just going outside and cleaning their shoes. This is unprecedented level of humility. Because they've just completely abandoned their ego. They see the value of just completely destroying the ego. So we need to learn this system. This is what Bar Barney is talking about here. We need to learn that these are techniques. That if you want to give mana to someone, first learn how to obtain that yourself. The only way to obtain honor is to destroy the thing that wants the honor. So, okay, let's say we accept. Guru Nanak Dev Ji says, Nanak Gavya Guni Nithan. Then the question is, how do I sing? What do I sing? Yeah, we follow this question along. Don't be afraid to ask Guru Nanak Dev Ji questions. Every line that he says, throw it back at Guru Nanak Dev Ji. Say, all right, how do I do this? So let's ask the question. Okay, how do I sing? What do you want me to do? The answer is below. Gavya, Sunya, Manrakhiya, Pao. There's now a system of where to take your mind. Now you start seeing where we do the meditation that we do. Sing. Get your voice in your head to listen to that singing. Otherwise, the voice in your head has the bad habit of just carrying on. So you can be sitting there going, Wahikru, 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 Tuhi, Tuhi. But the voice in your head is thinking about other things. So you have to train the voice in your head to listen to the sound that's coming out of your mouth and not to listen to the conversation that it's having in its head. Gavya, first sing. Suniya, let the voice in your head listen to what is being said. And then you do something with the mind. There's a different way to, to interpret this suniya, which is listen to the singing that's going on all around you. The whole universe, we talked about Guni Nidhan, the whole universe is singing right now. Even in complete silence, the song is there. In every noise, listen to the singing of the universe. So this is tangible techniques now Guruji is giving to lose your ego.
And this also answers the previous question. Moho ke bolan boliye. What can I say with my mouth? What technique shall I use that I can feel its love? Here's the technique. Gaviye suniye. This is not about singing. This is about this stuff here. The noise in your head constantly going on. How do you train that noise? That, vo- that voice in your head, that talking. See, even now when I'm talking to you, you're not listening to what I'm saying. Your mind is filtering what I'm saying. Even now, as I talk to you, your mind is saying, I agree with that, I don't agree with that, yes, no. Can he explain that more? Maybe I should ask, maybe I shouldn't ask. Maybe I'm the only person that's thinking that. So you're actually listening to your filter. You're not listening to me. That's how we work, right? No judgment here. That's how we work. And that's why when we go to the Gurdwara, you say, I've heard it all before. They keep saying the same stuff. Not because they're not saying something new, because your mind is just selectively hearing what it wants to hear. I know all about that stuff. Oh, he said something there. I'll ignore it. I didn't really quite understand it. So your mind is only listening to its own voice, its own interpretation of what's happening around. That's not Sonia. That's the problem. That's the ego. That's your defense mechanism that says, I don't want to listen to everything, because if I listen to everything, that, then, I've, then I'm going to be nothing. I'm going to make no sense. I need to make sense of the world myself. Don't tell me what to do. Your ego is very protective of itself. Guru Nanak Dev Ji is bringing a big sledgehammer and is trying to chop the ego down. It has no room for the ego. You have no room for the ego. So the voice in your head right now, when you're doing the mantra, when you're listening... When you're singing, when kirtan is going on, you have to tune it to the point at which it's just receiving everything that's going in without the filter. The only way to do that is that the filter has to be singing the same words that it's listening to. Am I losing you? The filter in your mind has to be saying the same stuff that's coming out of your mouth or the kirtan that's going into your ears. Sonia is very important, and we're going to go on to Sonia in a couple of verses time. But Gaviya Sonia, this is the technique that Guru Nanak Dev is introducing. Sing its praises, listen to that praise, man rakhiye pao. And place love into the mind. Seems like, well, where did that come from? Where where is that love? That's not part of what we're talking about. We're talking about gavya. We're talking about technique. Where is this love coming from? Now, again, we talked about hatred. As long as there's hatred in the mind, you're not following Guru Nanak's technique. You're not nirpa or nirvair. So let there only be love in the mind all the time. Let your mind dissolve into all the love that's there right now. Now, what are we talking about? Have we heard about this love concept before? Did we cover it last week? Guruji has already explained which love you need to place in the mind. Sacha sahib sachanai pakya pao apar. The language of love that it's constantly speaking. Remember we talked about this last week? There's two types of love. 
the everyday love that we know, we call it duja pao, love of the other. Like I can only love if there's something in front of me worthy of loving. But we're talking about not a dualistic love. We're talking about the divine love, which is just radiating love all the time that whoever comes within its path is just a receiver of that love. This is the kind of love that we're talking about. So Guruji is saying that the universe is just radiating love. Put Just come into the path of that love. Let that just feel all the time that the universe is in a state of lovingness. Now it might sound quite contradictory. And you could argue, well what if I'm in the middle of a war zone? Where's the love there? But who is fighting the war? Ego is fighting with another ego. That's the only war. The universe isn't fighting with anyone. Who has it got to fight? There is only one, the universe. It can't fight with itself. So even in war, if you can see behind the Maya, behind the Anjan, you can see that the universe is in constant state of love. It speaks the language of love. It's infinite love. That's what the universe is doing all the time. So place that into your mind. So Gavya, Sunya, Manrakya, Pao. Nana Gavya, Guni Nidhan. This is the Nidhan. This is the treasure. This is going on all the time. The birds chirping. Listen to that. Listen to the song of the universe. Listen to the love Feel that love of the universe. And this answers the question. How do I feel your love? Well, follow this technique. Amrit Gavya, And just let love enter you. Better still, you enter into the love. The love's already there. And this shouldn't be very abstract. This is not flower power. This is not hippie love. Yeah? This is not what we're talking about. This is about a change of your experience of life. This is going on all the time. Music is a big part of helping us feel that. Yeah? You can feel love. But you have to know that love is what I'm moving towards. You have to know that actually listening is what I need to be doing. Gavya is what I need to be doing. Am I feeling love right now? Yeah? Because the universe is in love, radiating love all the time. Gavya, Sunya, Man, Pao. The material love is just that. It's a temporary love. But that's not the highest form of love. That's not true love. True love is not dependent on the other. They, they both exist, is that, if that's the answer to the question. They both exist. They're both there. Mm. But the love that you have for another person, that is going to bring heartache when the other person goes away. So it, a it is attachment. Okay. Whereas if you can take that love, that's a great love, because that is the introduction of love for most people. When you start to learn to love another person, that's the introduction of learning what love is. When you know what love is, then you can let the other person go and you can just cultivate the love. So it's no longer love for the other person. It's not dependent on the other person. It's actually cultivating love within you. 
It's about sitting and feeling love all the time. So use the external love to sort of ignite, to use it as a catalyst to start that love process going within you. Unconditional love. So the universe is unconditionally in love all the time. You have to either walk in its path and dissolve into that love, or you cultivate that love within you. Yeah? And the only one that's going to stop you from doing that is your ego. Because the ego isn't about love. The ego is about self-preservation. Okay, let's ask another question. What do we sing? Yeah. How do we sing when we don't know what we're singing about? When we don't know who we're singing about? Are we singing to some abstract Mr. God character? If we are, I'm afraid you've got to go back to step one. You've got to start with ik, and you have to redefine what your understanding of the divine is. Because you can't sing the praises of something that's just a character, Mr. God. You can't sing the praises of that guy. He's a make-believe character. Go back to ik, start again. It's not a problem. It's not a punishment. Just if at this stage you still feel like I don't know what I'm singing about, who I'm singing to, what I'm singing to, then you just need to just revise yeah, the first couple of verses. Understand what does ik mean? Because everything is worthy of praise right now. Even in this room, there's more than enough to praise. You don't have to look far. How you then do the praise is something personal to you. Bani just says, sing its praises. Nanak Gavya Guni Nidhan. Sing of its praises. Thank you for a sunny day. Thank you for the birds chirping. Thank you for this food. Thank you for this breath. Isn't this breath wonderful? Isn't this water delicious? You can sing anything. Isn't life wonderful? Isn't being alive amazing? Do you know anything more amazing than the experience of being alive? The aliveness itself we take for granted. We just take that as a given, like we're alive. But that's where Gurbani said, Amrit Vela Satchanao Vadiai Vichar. Just have a think about it. Think about what an amazing thing that you've been given. You're alive. And that aliveness is his aliveness. You're right now collect connected to the divine by the fact that you're alive and the divine is alive. In fact, your aliveness is his aliveness. You're instantly connected to it. You just have to stop this and stop this body and for a moment just sit within your niranjan self, your aliveness self then what you sing is irrelevant because you're singing about that one. It's a personal song. It's a song where you know who is singing to who, what you're singing about. There's a very big misconception that is being propagated, which is that anything that is outside of Guru Granth Sahib is Kachi Bani. Yeah? And people will misquote Gurbani and say, here you go, anything outside is Kachi Bani. In Anand Sahib it says, Sat Gurbajo Hor Kachi Hai Bani. 
Yeah, outside of the true guru, everything is kachibani. Kachibani means uh, false. Kacha means raw. Yeah, not unripe. Yeah, not ready, irrelevant. And so they will take that and say that Guru Granth Sahib Ji means that anything that you sing outside of Guru Granth Sahib Bani is Kachi Bani. So are we saying that prior to the Bhagats and the Gurus, there were no Brahmgyanis? Did they not have a, a divine experience? Yeah, this is not what he's talking about. Satguru means the wisdom. If you understand the wisdom, then anything you sing according to that wisdom is true praise. Otherwise, the wisdom is restricted to just us Punjabis. Guru Granth Sahib Ji is, in effect, a huge songbook. You've got plenty to sing about, just borrowing the songs from there. But that doesn't mean that if you've never heard of any of those songs that you can't do this. Remember, Guru Nanak Dev Ji is having this conversation with people right there and then. So he is telling people, go away and sing. And then, is it, but hold on, wait, I'm going to go back, I'm going to write all my songs down, I'll, I'll send them to you, those are the songs that you can sing. Is he saying that? Because he travelled all over the world. He's telling people this message. There's a very specific reason why I choose the Har Mantra. The Har Mantra is the mantra that appears more than any other mantra in Guru Granth Sahib Ji. It's that we don't have a practice of it today. If you look at Guru Granth Sahib Ji, and I'm very glad that you asked this question. Anyone got the, the, the Waiguru app? The, any of the, the, the Kirtan apps on your phone? Yeah? Can you, can you take it out, please? Anyone who's got an app on the phone where you can look up Gurbani? And you know how you got a tool which says, like, search for the first letter? Yeah, you can search for the first letter. Type the letter H, haha, four or five times and do a search. See how many times har, 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 hare, hari comes up in Barney. You will be surprised how much of Barney actually tells you to do har, har, but we've lost that technique. I'm just trying to bring certain techniques back. And these are lines from Guru Granth Sahib Ji, I'm not making them up. I don't, yeah, you're absolutely right. Because the point at which you start feeling uncomfortable, then it's, then, then you're losing it. Then you start actually just focusing on, on the discomfort. And that's not the point. Do whatever's comfortable. Yeah, absolutely do whatever's comfortable. But in the same light, then we don't impose on anybody else. Okay, you're singing it wrong. Ehi gana, oni gana. Because if they're saying, if they never, let's say you go to a person in China, they never heard Barney, they never heard Punjabi, they don't even know English, they don't know anything. Now you're going to tell them that you have to use a mantra from our language, won't work. But the message still applies. Oh, yeah. The and message absolutely still applies. I'm just saying that What's comfortable? comfortable? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, at no point should you feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Because then your, your, your mind will just stay in that and you will start thinking about the, the things that are difficult for your mind to, to deal with. Whatever you've been brought up with, why do you think Guru Nanak Dev Ji goes to all the Hindus? He says, carry on. He goes to all the, the, the Muslims, carry on doing what you're doing. Gurbani says, Kabir Allah ki karbandagi. Do Allah. Recite Allah. Bani tells us to recite Allah. Yeah? If it works for you, do it. Yeah? 
Ram Ram, do Ram Ram. Barney tells you to do Ram Ram. That's the, what you sing is perfectly up to you, whatever is natural to you. If Tuhi Tuhi is nice for you, do that. Kabir Ji says quite happily that he's been doing Tuhi Tuhi. If Har Har works for you, do that. What you sing is secondary. Singing, listening, moving in the right direction, getting your mind to mold, to actually start changing the way it thinks about the world, that's the right thing to do. And what is the result of this? So the question was, are we singing something we don't know about? That's not what we're singing about, yeah? We're not singing about some abstract Mr. God. We're singing about the praises of everything that's around us all the time. This is not blind faith, yeah? There's no room for blind faith here. What we're simply trying to do is stop thinking about our minds, worries and our thoughts all the time and you're prioritizing something else. You're singing the praises of something else. And what you're singing is everything that's all around you. Yeah? Remember the first mention of Naam is Sat Naam. Sat means everything. Everything that exists. Everything existential. Yeah? Sat. Everything. You can sing. Everything can become a Naam. Anything can become Naam. Life can be Naam. And what is the result of doing this? Dukh Parhar. Parhar means to to put it to one side. Put sadness to one side. Put sorrow to one side, suffering to one side. This will do that. And bring sukh, peace into your home. Dukh parhar sukh kar le jai. So the pain of life the fact that ultimately life is a little bit hard, is a little bit unfulfilling. The Buddhists go as far as saying that life is suffering. All day, every day, you're just struggling with something or another. Stop making life a struggle. Stop making life a song, making it a joy. Yeah? Then you talk to a Brahmgyani and they're like, Chardikala, Nanak Pagata, Sadavigas. They're always happy. They say, how are you? Chardikala. Always. Nothing can phase you. Why? Because you're constantly singing. You're just, yeah? It, society will say you have your heads in the clouds. Society will say this guy is not, not one of us. a little bit strange. Yeah? The gurus and the bhagats have always been slightly outcast by society. Society wants you to retain within your mind. They want you to worry about life and, you know, what your children are going to be doing today and all these things. Yeah, society wants you to do that because society wants, is, is controlled by ego. And all egos want you all to be just have your egos. Nobody wants to see someone who is outside of their ego, free from their ego. They say, oh, this guy's a bit strange. He doesn't do what we all do. Yeah? But what they all do is they all struggle and suffer. But, bring that suffering that unfulfilling thing, just put that to one side and bring peace within you. Notice Dukh has an Ankar underneath it and Sukh has an Ankar underneath it, which means it's a singular. It's talking about put aside sorrow, not sorrows, it's singular. Ankar has a meaning of being singular. Dukh 
Barhar. Get rid of sorrow. Bring pleasure into your life. Bring joy into your life. Sukh kar le jaye. So this is different from where we've seen before. We've seen hukam likh duk sukh paaye. We've seen that before. There duk and sukh are mukta. They don't have an ankar. That's plural. Yeah. Hukam writes all the joys and, and sorrows in your life. That's plural. Here it's singular. Those are about everyday sorrows, everyday pleasures. This is about the ultimate sorrow and the ultimate pleasure in life. What is the ultimate sorrow? Being separate, being within our ego. That actually is the ultimate sorrow. That we just feel unfulfilled in life. Yeah? No matter what you do, no matter what you achieve, the next day it's like, okay, now what? You strive for something more. That's why desires constantly keep you busy. And that's a struggle. Let's get rid of that. Dukh parhar. Bring in the ultimate sukh. Another question. Okay, we're going to sing its praises, but before we sing its praises, how do we know that this divine is really there? Because until you know it, it's something that you're kind of just telling yourself. Like, okay, I just want to tell myself that the world is divine. How do I know it's there? How do I feel that it's there? How do I sing from a point within me that I just know that this is real? And I'm singing from an authentic part of myself that actually says, yeah, I'm singing because I know it's there. I can feel it. Yeah, meditation helps. Nam Simran helps. This actually helps to get you there. But Guruji answers this question here. Gurmukh Nadan, Gurmukh Vedan, Gurmukh Rahya Samai. So this is a very big concept that's being introduced here. That the Guru is something that is integral to this process. So far the Guru hasn't been talked about much. Talks about Hukam, talks about Gavya, talks about all these great things. But now Guruji is starting to introduce a technique, an, act, an actual practice. We talked about in the last one about Amrit Villa. Now it's going into Gavya, Sunya. So it's about real technique here. And an important part of this technique is Guru, an integral part. So let's explore this idea a little bit more. That you have to serve with this Guru in mind. And we talk about Seva before. Yeah? Jin Sevya Tin Man. What are you serving? You're serving the Guru. Let's go into this. Jin Sevya Tin Man. That you have to get into a practice of serving this wisdom, this knowledge. Remember what Guru is. Guru is not the form, Guru is the message. Nanak isn't the Guru. That's not what makes him Guru. The, per the person who was born wasn't the Guru. It was the wisdom in him that was the Guru. That's why the Gurgadi could be passed on. Because the wisdom was passed on. Guru Nanak Dev Ji's bodies go, fine, we'll bring a second Nanak, a third Nanak, a fourth Nanak. As long as the wisdom is the same, that's the Guru that's the same in all of them. And so, serving is serving this knowledge. So this is what we're talking about now. We're talking about this knowledge. You have to practice this knowledge. That is Guru Ki Seva. Because previously it talked about Jin Sevya Tin Man. But how do you Sevya? How do you serve it? It doesn't actually tell you how you serve it. Now we start talking about how do you serve it. 
Yeah, there have been hints so far along the way. Amrit Villa Satchanao Vadiai Vichar. That's actually Seva. That is Satguru Ki Seva. Is contemplating what the Guru is telling you is the only way to serve this Guru. It doesn't matter how many romals you put on it, doesn't matter what else you do, how many scented candles you light. That is not serving the Guru. If you're not listening to the Guru, if you're not practicing what the Guru is saying, that is not seva. There is only one way to do seva. Listen to what Guru Nanak Dev Ji says about seva. Gurki seva shabad vichar. What do we think seva is? Everything else. Guru Nanak Dev Ji says, Gurki Seva Shabad Vichar. Contemplating on his message is the way to serve the Guru. Now you can see Amrit Villa Satchanao Vadiyai Vichar. Waking up early, spending some time and contemplating this message all day, every day, you're serving the Guru. Jin Sevia, who have served, who have done this, they have received honor. So what are you serving? You're serving the Guru's message. This practice, this understanding, that's what you're serving. So let's go into this, this idea. Gurmukh Nadang. So Nad is a vibration. Nad means vibration. What vibration do you have? What is the thing that is vibrating in you, that's got energy in you right now? Breath, that's a rhythm, yep. Go Niranjan, go behind, go beyond the Maya. What's radiating in you right now? Aliveness. Through the Guru, you will know your aliveness. This is the first time this Guru concept has, has come up. Since the Mool Mantar, Nanak has not mentioned Guru. Yeah, this is the first time Guru is being introduced here. Yeah, we've talked about so many verses, but now we're going, actually, this is it. This is the crux of it. This is the first mention also of this word Gurmukh. Let me just take a moment here to explore this concept of Gurmukh. The word Gurmukh is the most misunderstood and mistranslated word in Guru Granth Sahib Ji. Whenever you see the word Gurmukh in Guru Granth Sahib Ji and those of us who are relying on the English translations, the English translations and the Punjabi translations have mistranslated this word completely and we'll go into the spelling and the spelling will tell us why. So let's look at the spelling of the word Gurmukh. There's three different ways to spell the word Gurmukh, which is this one here, number one, two or three. Number one, Gurmukh with a Sihari means from the Guru's mouth, from. Within, if you have the word, if you have a word with sihari, it means within. Yeah, it also means feminine. We talked about sihari words being feminine words, is thrilling. But it also means within, or from, or by. The first gurmukh with a sihari means by the guru's instruction, 
from the Guru's instruction. It also means by facing the Guru. Gur means Guru. Muk means face. To face the Guru. It's an action. It's a happening. It's a verb. The Guru saying something. Gurmuk. Or you're doing something. You're facing the Guru. This is the number one way that the word Gurmukh is spelt in Guru Granth Sahib Ji. The most prevalent way that the word Gurmukh is spelt is with a Sihari, which means from the Guru's mouth, by the Guru's instruction. And yet all translations will say the Gurmukh. All translations will say the Gurmukh, except when it comes to here, because the Gurmukh doesn't fit into their translation. But everywhere else where it says with a Sihari, it'll say the Gurmukhs. That's how you spell Gurmukhs. Why? Because it's Mukta. Mukta means plural. So here it's the Gurmukhs, the Guru facing ones. The last one is with an onkar. What does that mean? Singular. Yeah? So this is singular. The Gurmukh. This does not mean this or this. It means by the Guru's Mukh. By the Guru's instruction. This word, just to give you a little bit of context and show you how wrong the translations are, the translations say the Gurmukhs all the time when it says this. This is the real spelling of the Gurmukhs. This appears six times in Guru Granth Sahib. There are two other variations of this. Gurmukha and Gurmukhe. Yeah, that all means the plurals. Gurmukha, the Gursiks, the Guru-facing ones, or Gurmukhe, the Guru-facing ones. In total, that appears about 40, 41 times. So only 40 or 41 lines in Gurbani actually talk about Gurmukhs, the people. The rest of the time, it's talking about the Guru, not the people. It's talking about the Guru giving an instruction. By the Guru's instruction. Now, next time you go and listen to some Bani, I ask you please look at where the word Gurmukh appears and look at the real meaning because it changes whenever you read it as the Gurmukhs do this or by facing the Guru. There's two different things. By saying the Gurmukhs, it's about me. I'm a Gurmukh by doing this. By saying the Guru's instruction, it's about the Guru. Yeah? The Guru has not very often talked about the people. More often it talks about the thing that they're doing. That's more important than the people themselves. Facing the Guru is what we're talking about. The Guru's instruction. Out of interest, Gurmukh, which is with an Ankar, means the one Gurmukh, yeah, a Gurmukh, doesn't appear in Guru Granth Sahib at all. It appears in Pai Gurdasya's Vara one time. So you can see how wrong the translations can be when they don't understand these rules.
Because time and time again, you will read the translation that says, as a gurmukh, I have found this, or as a gurmukh, I do this, or the gurmukhs are great at doing this. Yeah, it's not what Bani is saying. It's talking about by the Guru's instruction. So here, we're talking about by the Guru's instruction. Gurmukha Nadang. Nadang means vibration. Vedang. Vedang here doesn't talk about the Vedas. Here the word Ved means spiritual wisdom. By the Guru's instruction, vibration. By the Guru's instruction, spiritual knowledge, spiritual wisdom. And by the Guru's instruction, Gurmukh Raheya Samai, you will see that which exists in everyone. So the question we asked is, how do I sing the praises? How, how do I know that this divine really exists? How do I sing its praises? The answer is, the Guru will show you this. You don't have to go very far to find the divine because the Guru will show you how to do this. By the Guru's instruction, by following this technique, you will be able to find it. By following which technique? Gaviya, Sunya, Manrakya, Pao. The Guru will give you what you're looking for. Now let's follow these words. Nad, Ved, Rehaya, Samai. And you'll see how it goes with the meditations that we've been doing. Nad is your aliveness. The Guru will show you your aliveness first. When you practice the Guru's practice, you will notice your aliveness first. Then you will get an understanding, Ved, of what this aliveness is. First, it will just show you that you're not your mind, you're not your body, you're not your thoughts, but you're something more, you're Apyapnaranjan Soy. Guru will show you your aliveness by following this practice. Second, Guru will give you the wisdom to understand that this aliveness is the divine, Vedang. And you will see that that which is within you is the one who is Raya Samai, that is merged in everything. That aliveness is where he is merged into. He is merged into your aliveness. God is your aliveness. Your Jyot is the Divine. Gurmukh, following the Guru's instruction, you will see your Nad and the Nad of everything else. Then you will get the understanding of what that Nad is, Gurmukh Vedam, and you will come to know that it is that one thing that is Samai, that is merged in everything. Very deep concept here. The Guru is now being put right center of this system that saying you have to follow the Guru. The Guru is the way. Yeah? Notice how Guru Nanak Dev is not talking about himself here. He's not saying I am the center. He, does, he could have easily said that Nanak is the center here. But he's not saying that because he knows Nanak is a temporary body. He's saying the Guru. Who is the Guru? Shabad is the Guru. The message is the Guru. The words being spoken, being sung, the instruction that is the Guru, follow that and you will see your Nad, you will have an understanding of that Nad and you will see the Divine. Yeah? Gaviya, Sonia, Manrakya, Pao. Follow this instruction and the Guru will take you systematically on this journey. Guru makes you understand that your aliveness is God.
गुरमुख नादं गुरमुख वेदं गुरमुख रया समाय द नेक्स्ट लाइन गुर ईसर गुर गोरख परमा गुर पार्वती माई सो दिस इज द ओनली देवता वर्थ वर्शिपिंग none of the other devtas can do this for you so stop worshiping them yeah we talked about this when we talked about the gurus before balhari gur apne dewhari sadwar beginning of asadiwar i bow down to that guru hundreds and thousands of times a day jin manas te devte ki because he can turn men mankind into devte jin manas te devte ki he can turn a human into a devta no other devta can do that for you so stop worshiping your shivas and your brahmas and your vishnu guru nanak dev ji is giving a clear instruction to the world what are you going to worship them for what can they do for you what can they do for you the highest form of devta is the guru gur jaisa nahi ko dev guru is a devta but he's the highest form of devta why because he can make you into a devta so guru is the only shiva gur isar isar means shiva shiva is the destroyer gur gorak gorak means vishnu which is the sustainer and brahma gur guru is brahma the creator so these are the main devta that are worshiped at the time guru nanak is saying actually you're missing the point there's something more there's something higher no point in worshiping these devta they can't do anything for you focus on this devta the gurudev because he can show you your nadan vedan gurumukhaya samay guru is isha isha is shiva the destroyer the sustainer vishnu gorak brahma brahma the creator and mother parvati the goddess of devotion parvati is goddess of devotion the wife of shiva yeah a mother and mother of ganesh so she's being used as a mother figure why mention these because the guru is trying to clarify that actually we've lost our way by by worshiping these devi devta they're not they're not doing anything for us but interestingly the guru has mentioned them here in the reverse order how do we normally talk about the devtas brahma vishnu shiva creator sustainer destroyer guruji reverses it shiva vishnu brahma gur ishar gur gorak gur parma yeah why in this order because this is how the guru works the guru works in this order first he destroys your your ego destroys your worldly understanding your dualistic way of looking at the world so the first thing the guru has to do is he has to destroy something he has to be a shiva first <coughs> he has to destroy something he has to destroy your ignorance your way of looking at the world this dualistic way of looking at the world then what what is there underneath what's there underneath is compassion starts coming out love starts coming out that's the thing that drives you that's the thing that sustains you yeah so first he is the destroyer destroying then he is the vision 
the one that sustains you, looks after you. Don't worry, I've destroyed your ego, but don't worry, you're still okay. Yeah? Then he creates spiritual wisdom within you. Brahma. But you can't get the spiritual understanding just by reading. The Guru can't just give you the spiritual understanding. You have to destroy your ego in order to get this. To really understand it, you have to start destroying your ego. That's the way the Guru works. But the Guru is not going to do this in a harsh way. The Guru is going to do it in a Parvati Mai way. A loving, nurturing, mothering way. Yeah? Gurudev Mata, Gurudev Pata. Mata first. Guru is very nurturing, very loving, very welcoming, motherly. And Parvati is also the, the feminine energy of the universe. So Guruji is all masculine energy and all feminine energy. Yeah? We talk about Shiv and Shakti. Yeah? Male and female energy. Guruji has covered this. He is not just Shiva and Brahma and Vishnu. Guru is also Parvati Mai, mothering, feminine, perfect balance of the two. Point to note, this is the only mention of Parvati in the whole of Guru Granth Sahib. I just like to throw that out. So you'd think that you'd go into this, you're saying Guru is Parvati Mai. You'd say, well, can you explain that more? No, I don't need to. It's not, that's, that's not relevant. It's just saying it is. Yeah? He's covered it. Guru is there. Guru is mothering to you. Now, ask yourself this question. Are you holding on to your female part of you? And saying, actually, I'd like the, I'd like the Guru to be a feminist. Feminism is also an ego. Yeah? Holding on to women's rights. I'm not saying that women shouldn't have right, but holding on to your divine feminine energy. Yeah? Kundalini yogi is quite bad at doing this. They cultivate all the women. They say, your divine feminine, divine feminine. Yeah? Cultivate your feminine divinity. Do all of this. Nurture the fact that you're a woman. Yeah? This is not the Khalsa way. This is not the Gurmat way. The Gurmat way says, that's, that's Maya. That's an individual, temporary part of you. Know it, fine. You're female, you're male, fine. But you're actually divine. That divine is neither male nor female. It goes, Guru always goes right to the root, right to the source. Yeah? Other techniques will say, actually, let's cultivate, let's spend more time on things that are temporary. Guru goes right to the top. So it doesn't need to elaborate on this concept any further. It's just saying, Guru is all things masculine and all feminine energy. Done. It's covered. Yeah? Not sexist in any way. So if anything, no Gurbani refers to, the Gurus refer to themselves as the, the, the feminine. It's not bringing women down in any way. It's saying, we are all women. Yes, we are all sisters. We are all brides. What you're saying is gender is irrelevant. Completely irrelevant. Say gender is irrelevant because when we die, we die the same way. We don't yeah. die in a manly way or a womanly way. Yeah. Completely irrelevant. It's something that is relevant in this world, in this body, in this life right now. 
But you have been multiple genders. You've been masculine, you've been feminine before. It's just this it's just lottery, whichever one the whichever body is here now. Yeah. But Guru does this in a nurturing way. Yeah? So Parvati is the the nice mothering goddess. Yeah? You have a goddess in a very fearsome way, yeah? We have Chandi, we have Durga, very kind of almost violent. Yeah? So we have those forms of Devi. But Bani is not talking about this. Bani is saying actually it's very, very mothering, very nurturing. Mai, it uses this mother. They're all kind of covered. Yeah. But we, we spend very little time looking at, at, at them. In fact, Dasam Bani spends a lot more time talking about individual energies. Yeah? But never actually worshipping them, always saying that behind them all is the divine. So, where are we at? We started by looking at this idea of that there is this oneness, that we need to understand it a little bit more. Yeah? How do we do it? We've asked lots of questions. Yeah? And then it's giving us technique. Nanak gavya gunintam gavya sunye manakhe pao. Dukhbarhar, it will do this, it will bring Sukh into your life. Now it's introducing this Guru concept. That put Guru in the middle because if you if you stop at Gavya Sunya Manrakyapa, what happens? Ego comes in. Yeah, I do it. I do the Gavya, I do the Sunya, I'm doing this, yeah. Guru saying never. I'm never gonna allow you. The Guru is Guru Nanadiji is so compassionate to us, he never allows our ego to surface. Always saying, take it down a notch. Yeah, it's not about you, it's about Guru. Yeah? Guru goes on to say that even if I understood enough about the Guru, I couldn't I couldn't sing enough praises about this Guru. I can't tell you how important this Guru is. Even if I understood everything about how great this Guru is, Jana, if I knew, even if I knew Akanai, I couldn't say it. I could not describe it, I could not speak about it. So the magnitude of the Guru's message is really being placed here. Gura ik dehe buchai. Oh Guru. Gura means it's a calling out to the Guru. Oh Guru. Dehe buchai. Give me this one understanding. So Guru Nanak Devji is now the, putting the first ardas here. And this is the true meaning of Ardas right here. Guru, give me this understanding. That's all the Ardas. What kind of Ardas do we do? Everything but. Yeah? We ask for everything except this. Guru Nanak Devji gives us this is what Ardas should be. Guru, Devujai, give me this understanding. Which understanding are we talking about? Gura ik debujai. Give me the one understanding. Sabna jiya ka ik data so visarna jai. Yeah? Just a point to note here. Within this Shabad, in the last two lines, we see two different spellings of ik. Just to clarify what we mean by that. Yeah, I don't want you to go home and look at it and say, but that's not, that's not been covered. So, 
गुना एक देह बुझा सबना जिया का एक दाता एक दे बुझाए सबना जिया का एक दाता एंड इज अनादर स्पेलिंग ऑफ एक सीन ऑलरेडी एक ना हुक्मी बक्सीस एक हुक्मी सदा पवाई है ऑलरेडी थ्री डिफरेंट स्पेलिंग्स ऑफ एक नंबर इज वन बट इज थ्री डिफरेंट स्पेलिंग्स ऑफ इट गुरा एक देह बुझाए दिस एक इज लिंक्ड टू द वर्ड बुझाई बुझाई इज अ फेमिनिन वर्ड सो एक बीइंग लिंक्ड टू अ फेमिनिन वर्ड टेक्स द ओंकर आउट so ik is always one what whenever gurbani is talking about something it's saying one something one apple one orange you always say one something right so it's always linked to a word whether that word is masculine or feminine defines whether the spelling of ik is masculine or feminine ik de bujai bujai is istreeling so this will take the onkar off सबना जिया का एक दाता दाता इज मैस्किन सो इट ब्रिंग्स दैक इन सो वी कैन सेन सेकेंड वन मैस्किन एक ना हुक्मी बक्सीस एक हुक्मी सदा पवाइए द्लोरल द इक मीन समिंग So what's the ardas here as we come towards the end of the shabad? The request is that give me this understanding that all beings have one provider and let me never forget it. Sabna jiya all beings ka ik data the one being of all beings the one provider of all beings just let me never forget it. at every moment at every breath tohi tohi all the time your food your noise your sounds your breath your water your day your night that tohi tohi is guru nanak dev ji's ardas he's saying this is what i'm asking for this is the way that you approach the guru this is the importance that you place on the guru every morning before you do your mantra gura ek de bujai sabna jiya ka ek data so mai visarna jaye let me recognize the one master in everything yeah not that i still, still sit here and say mr god mr god mr god sabna jiya ka ek data in everything there is this one the one that is ape aap niranjan soe so i'm not looking at the maya so it links quite nicely to the one that's the the beginning of this line yeah thapiana jaye ki tana hoy ape aap niranjan soe guru ji explains it but in the end he says but please guru let me actually remember this all the time otherwise we get lost in the maya all the time we get lost in seeing individuals rather than seeing the niranjan behind it so sabna jiya ka ek data but interesting who does he ask he doesn't ask the ik data for this message he doesn't ask for this understanding he says gura ik dev jai he's asking the guru so there is divine and then there is deliverer of divine message of divine wisdom guru is the delivery mechanism yeah so he's asking that knowledge let me have this knowledge oh divine knowledge 
let me have this knowledge yeah gura ek dev jay god is everywhere and everything but the understanding of god only comes from guru in fact the understanding of god is guru that's what guru is guru is the understanding of the divine so he doesn't go to the divine and ask for understanding of the divine because guru is the understanding of the divine so the previous verse ended with nanak eva janiye sab aapre sachya that everything is you this is the same meaning here sabna jiya ka ek data yeah nanak says that amrit vela sach nao vadhai vichar nanak eva janiye sab aapre sachya nanak says by getting up at amrit vela by prioritizing this by doing it this way nanak eva janiye you will come to know that everything is the one and here guruji has explained that concept more yeah by doing all this gaviya suniya manrakhiya pao yeah by putting guru first by guru will show you your nath your ved your raya samay you understand you give you the understanding and in the end you will come to this knowledge sabna jiya ka ek data everyone belongs to that oneness this goes right back nicely to ekonkar so if there was any part of you that didn't understand what am i singing of who am i singing of gurunanak dev ji has made it very clear at the end, at the end here sabna jiya ka ek data so maybe sabna jaye that's the only thing i don't want to forget so this is reminding us the same message which is the one message of guru granth sahib ekonkar everything belongs to the one and ultimately this is what you need to be singing every moment every day gaviya get your mind to listen to it dissolve your mind into that divine love gaviya suniya manrakhiya pao and do it with sharda do it with grace do it with some humility that says guruji you are the one doing it i'm not the one doing it guru ekate bujai give me this one understanding that all belongs to the one so may i sit and i let me never forget it mm-hmm.